Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. Today, I couldn't be more excited to share with you uh, our new guest, and it's Dan Millman. He's the author of Peaceful Warrior, Mind Body Mastery, and uh, quite honestly, uh, uh, just uh, my, one of my favorite authors. So I'm so excited to have him on the show. It's really nice to, to be able to interview and work with good people, and, and that's exactly what uh, Dan and Sierra are. So we're so grateful to have them on the show. This is going to be exploringmindandbody.com forward slash the creative compass, Dan. So if you get a chance, Check out the website and I hope you enjoy the show. We got all that coming up on. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. I'm your host, Drew Tadia, and I couldn't be more excited today to welcome Dan Millman on. We're talking about The Creative Compass, his new book co-authored with Sierra Prasada. So welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, Drew. It's great to have you. Um, I wanted to share something with you. Last night, I was uh, <laughs> I had a Dan Millman evening. I hope that doesn't sound weird. But uh, I was listening to The Past Show, and that was um, show number 22, and uh and it, it, it comes I've come such a long way, and I appreciate you coming back on the show. And when I'm listening to the, being such a young person on air and, and inexperienced and not so confident, it, it's nice for you to come back and and give me another chance to uh, come back on the show with you. Well, we, I enjoyed our last conversation. I remember, and I'm looking forward to this one. All right, thank thank you for that. Uh, and and again, like I'm a big fan. Like I, uh, Peaceful Warrior is still my favorite book. Um, I always recommend Body Mind Mastery, and and, and I listen to no ordinary moments so this uh, creative compass is no different i was reading it and i couldn't stop there's so, so much good information here and uh, it's important for us young writers and and aspiring authors that 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 can go through this and have a kind of step-by-step process to how professionals do it yeah and i'd be happy to address that that process itself the five stages of the creative process but first uh, my my daughter and co-author sierra um uh, said that you had asked her about her favorite chapter and I, I have to remark honestly this I know this sounds self-serving but I was looking through the book and I said to my wife you know every chapter is my favorite chapter <laughs> so uh, I really couldn't find any any weak ones we worked really hard on this book and uh, it was just it's a thrill to see it in the shape it's in now in any case um, well, let's go wherever you want to go with it yeah, well, you know, the first thing I asked Sarah this, but I kind of want to hear your perspective. Um, you in, earlier in the book, you talk about how, you, first of all, you critiqued her work growing up, and now she, moving on forward, she critiqued some of your work. How is that as a as a parent having your daughter be able to help you out move forward in your career as well? Well, I'm, I'm actually thrilled. It's great for any parent to see their children grow and get smarter and evolve and. Um, that natural process of my uh, editing her and then she offering some extremely useful editorial work on my a number of my recent books, uh, which has, she's really raised me to my A game, I think, especially in this new book. Um, so it was just most welcome. And she's just, you know, parents look and wonder sometimes at the kids. She, she's, uh, I'm very proud of her. So it was a natural process to work on this particular project, writing because her background is so strong. Uh, when I 
finally decided I'd been percolating the idea, dreaming about it for years, about doing a writing book, giving back after 30 years in the field and 17 books. To uh, So when I got serious about it, I went, hey, maybe Sierra would like to collaborate in. I think we ended up with a better book than either one of us might have written by ourselves. One of the stories that, that I, I want to get into, and, and um, I was telling Sierra that you, authors have such a powerful way of expressing each situation that they're going through, and I kind of felt like I was riding the unicycle with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I loved how you were you you latched onto the fence like a gecko, and, and you waved to the doubters after your riding. I just love that story. Um, can you talk about that? I'd be happy to, and I want to make it relevant to your listeners, too. It's a, it's a fun story on its own, but um, it, it relates to the creative compass and the, the creative process in the sense it, it became what we call in the book a master metaphor, um, a reminder of what we can do because we've done it before in some sense. It was an emotionally trying time. I'd actually had some uh, back issues at the time, and not the greatest time to learn to ride a unicycle. You know, I was on the eve of my 60th birthday, and I decided I wanted to do something special for that decade, marking that decade anniversary, you know, the 60th. So a friend of mine loaned me his unicycle and um, gave me a few tips and said, use a tennis court because you can get a death grip on the chain link fence, you know, going around this court. And anyone who's tried to ride a unicycle or imagined it, uh, you know, it's really humbling. You get up and it goes right out from under you. You get up again, whoop, goes out from under you again. It's quite different from riding a bicycle. Um, more than twice as hard with half the wheels. So um, I struggled for the first week through it, coming back every day. Uh, I also struggled through the second week, and that's when... You know, some women jogging by every morning and looked at me and somebody yelled out of compassion, you should really quit that. <laughs> I probably looked pitiful, um, kept falling down. So by the end of the third week, to make this short, um, I could ride figure eights around the tennis court on, on the unicycle. It, it just finally clicked. But I learned two things from that, which I describe in the book, and that's why it relates to the writing process. I, it reminded me, even after all my years in gymnastics, years before that, um, it reminded me that everything is difficult until it becomes easy. And I know that Sierra talked about permitting ourselves to write badly uh, because everything is in layers. We have to allow ourselves to write badly before we can write well. And we have to allow ourselves to, to learn a dance routine badly before we learn it well or to paint a picture badly before we do it well. So that was a reminder. Um, starting out and finishing those, those three weeks on the unicycle um, one would have never guessed this, this older guy can learn to ride when they first saw me. So, and the second thing I learned from that, that example uh, was that there were days that everything seemed to fall apart. Just, I was worse than I was the week before. And yet, on the day after those so-called bad days when I was confused physically and mentally, um, the days after, I usually had a breakthrough. That's when, so I realized the learning was actually happening, transferring from my, say, my front, more modern cognitive brain to the back, more instinctive brain um, during those confusing days. It's like learning to drive a stick shift car. You know, when somebody starts out, it's all confusing when to do the clutch and when to let out the, the you know, the, 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 uh, put the gas on. And when it shifts to become automatic. So that applies to writing 
when everything seems to be worse. It applies to relationships. When we have a, we have a crisis in a relationship, a really bad day, so to speak, if we persist and move through it and stay present, um, often we have a breakthrough. So it wasn't just a fun story about learning to ride a unicycle, but it's more of an analogy or a metaphor for what we all go through in life. And it's the kind of thing we all can look back and go, you know, I accomplished that. That was really difficult. That was important to me. That was worthwhile. And that emotion, that satisfaction of having accomplished something large or small, even, you know, planting a garden, it could be anything, we can draw upon that when we hit those dark days as writers or creative artists or in any field. When we have those down days, we can say, wait a minute, I got through something like this before and I can do this again. Right. Well, it's kind of a long response to your question, but I think it's an important metaphor of life. It, it certainly is, and, and I didn't want to get in there at all because I was uh, listening uh, so intently, and, and that's one of my favorite parts of the book is just hearing that story and, and how everything in life can be translated to back to just starting it and understanding that there's going to be some failures and you're not going to be great at it, but once you get through those steps, that, then you can become great and you can. You just have to... You just have to be willing to start. The book, you know, it's not just a pep talk. I mean, it gives some really substantive information, some methods we call dreaming and dialogue and what-if questions. But the the thing is, what we're emphasizing um, is, first of all, it's not accidental that the subtitle of the book is Writing Your Way. So because Sierra's process of writing and my process, the way we approach the work is so different, we came to appreciate that everybody has a different process. And so we're not telling people how they should approach writing. We're t- showing them how to do their way better and by, go- by understanding the, p- the creative process. And we tell people, you know, in the, in the book, we, we say, if you're feeling doubt, keep writing. If you're feeling confident, keep writing. If you're feeling perfectionistic and feeling blocked, keep writing. And we show ways to do that. In other words, we're not telling people how to write perfectly. We're saying how to write onward. And, and it happens in layers, one layer on top of the next. And that's true whether you're learning to build cabinets, write a book, paint a picture, any other creative endeavor. We are going to take a short commercial break. When I come back, we're going to talk about some parts of the book that, that I enjoyed, some, some formatting, and even some questions that get a little more uh, in-depth with maybe talking to yourself while writing. But stay right there. We'll be right back with Dan Millman and The Creative Compass. Exploring mind and body would not be possible without help from the French Learning Center. The French Learning Center, offering tutoring, French day camps, adult classes, and more. Contact Dorothy Keith for more information at 403-586-5714. That's 586-5714. The French Learning Center, a proud supporter of exploring mind and body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia. Okay, we're back on Exploring Mind and Body with Dan Millman. We're talking about The Creative Compass, co-authored by his daughter, Sierra Prasada. So um, right now I want to talk talk about more in depth about the book. And uh, one, of the, one of the parts that I really enjoyed is a part where it says, your questions are answers. And this is significant in a number of different ways because a lot of times people pick up a book and don't know what to do with it. So 
um, even if you've read the book, you can co- go back and look at look at this uh, subheading and, and look back where you want to go and, and how to navigate through the book again. So, where did this idea come from, and, and how you know how did that come to fruition? Well, um, the way the the book came about is I had written a, kind of a wandering memoirish type writing book, the first draft of the book, which Sierra suggested I, you know I do, even though we were going to work together. But it turned out more about my life and writing and one book to the next and the lessons I learned along the way, which would have eventually developed into a a, a rather interesting book. But um, then Sierra came up with a a wonderful structure for the book based on five um, stages of any creative process. We didn't invent these stages. They're universal. But we, at first, through we had uh, organized it around what most people recognize as the process of writing, which is dreaming or coming up with ideas, drafting or writing, and then uh, refining, uh, and then sharing. And that's what most writers do, and that's why most writers have trouble getting published or getting into the mainstream publishing, because they skip, and we skipped when we started writing the book, the, the middle phase, that middle act, the missing link, that's one of the chapter titles. Um, it's called Develop. And development um, is so important, and it's an ordeal. It's like the, the cocoon the caterpillar goes in before it becomes the butterfly. You can't skip that stage, but most people do. They go from writing, and they go, okay, I've rewritten it a couple times. It's pretty clean. Now I'm going to polish it, then it'll be done. But as we point out in the book, no matter how many times you polish a plastic spoon, it's not going to become a silver spoon. I like, I like that Polish part. it all you want. It's going to become a polished plastic spoon. <laughs> Develop is the alchemical process by which we step back and take a fresh look at the project, completely fresh. We revision it. And often that's done with help of feedback. That's the time after you've done enough drafts where it's ready to have early readers we're willing to read the book carefully and answer your specific questions. Um, and you can help guide the reader to do that by asking the right questions. And then from their feedback, you can, and you've had a gap there, you've had a rest time away from the manuscript, then you can take a fresh look and see what really needs to be done to deliver on the premise, that promise of your initial dream, the initial idea. And if those who are willing to do that, and that may mean radically restructuring, many best-selling authors talk about how they kept 100 pages and threw away 400 and went back at it again. It doesn't always have to be that, but it has to be more than just fixing a little punctuation. That middle act means really, what can I do to take this to the next level? Then it's time to refine, to go to that fourth stage, and that's when we do... I think uh, Sierra may have talked about creative destruction, the cutting, the necessary cutting to what is essential, which we've tried to model in, in the creative compass. There's no extra words or padding in this book. Everything is necessary and essential to the themes we're communicating. Um, and finally, then the book is ready to share and do it, wh- and do it properly. Um, I, I don't want to do a long monologue, but it reminds me of one thing I tell young writers and aspiring authors. Don't aim just to get an agent to take on your work. Don't write for your agent. Don't write for your editor. In fact, they don't want you to write for them. They want you to reach out straight to the heart of your reader. 
look beyond the agent, beyond the editor. People say, oh, Dan, it's so hard to get an agent, so hard to get an editor, a publisher. But I say, no, that's easy. The hard part is writing the kind of book that agents, editors, and readers love. Because if you can write a book that your target audience tells other people, other readers, you've got to read this book, then you've got something. So we're, we're hoping we've done that with a creative company. So write for your reader as opposed to the other entities in between. Writing for an agent or an editor and right. all worried about that. Remember, you have a target audience in mind. Who is the ideal reader for your book? That's one of the chapters in the book. Finding out. Because so many people write books and they don't actually know who they're writing it for. They're going, oh, this is for everyone. Everyone <laughs> will like this book. But nobody, no, no book is for everybody. Right. Well, there may be some people would claim. But <laughs> mostly we have a particular audience. People of a certain interest in knowing our genre. Is it a mystery? Is it a romance? What is it about? And the better we know ourselves, our book, and our audience, the more likely we are to tune in to um, to write the right book. When I wrote Peaceful Warrior, I didn't know if it'd ever be popular, but I knew there were people out there like me who were looking for uh, looking for something more in life. Uh, the bigger picture and the hidden message, the deeper, the hidden potential of our lives. So that's what drew me. I had that kind of reader in mind when I wrote the book. I was writing for someone. And so anyone who's writing a book has to know there are a group of people out there somewhere waiting for their book, but they don't, those people don't know it yet. Right. So that, that's how we wrote The Creative Compass with that in mind. Thank you for sharing that. All right, let's take one more break, come back and talk about conversations with your alter ego because that, that kind of uh, leads back to what you're, what you're talking about there with asking questions. And I think you guys did a great job throughout the book with you know, ask, uh, giving questions to ask and asking yourself and, and people that are reading your book. So when we come back, we're going to uh, go over that and uh, continue on with Dan Millman, co-author of The Creative Compass with Sierra Posada. Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia is brought to you in part by Kathy and Connie, the new real estate team in town with Widmer Realty. Contact them today for all your real estate needs. All right, welcome back to Exploring Mind and Body. I'm your host, Drew Tadia, and uh, we're talking with Dan Millman right now about the creative compass. Uh, co-author with Sierra Prasada, his daughter. And uh, so, Dan, we just talked on uh, commercial break there. And uh, let, let's jump into it. I want to talk about dreaming and, and uh, how we went over that a little bit earlier. But you wanted to add some things that you thought would be beneficial for our listeners. Yes. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Let me start with just these are some common questions that, that writing aspiring authors ask. Uh, things like, I want to write, but I... I can't seem to find the time or space. How can I become more inspired, motivated, disciplined? Well, we list uh, in the very beginning of the book um, four chapters that respond directly to that question. Other questions and answers we give. Uh, I journal often. Will I help my writing? Or writing in school made me anxious, uh, so I wrote as little as possible. How can I possibly become a writer? We respond to that three chapters. Uh, how can I find my voice on the page? We answer that. I'm feeling blocked. What should I do? answer that. How do I know if I'm talented? If I'm not, should I bother trying? We answer that. 
in chapters like Sweat Trump's Talent and Never Surrender. Um, and there are other, many other questions uh, in the very opening of the book where we give page numbers and chapters that respond to those questions. Um, but one really useful technique that we convey in the, in the book, um, actually we adapted from David Morrell, an English professor and best-selling author, um, and also he adapted from Harold Robbins, who used to write these popular great novels uh, years before. And we call it Dreaming in Dialogue. When someone's feeling blocked, stuck, doesn't know where to go, they don't know what their character is doing in a book, um, or their, their theme, they're having, getting stuck about how they want to organize a book, uh, or even getting started. Uh, this dreaming and dialogue uh, is part of the dream stage, the first stage of the writing process, and it allows us to write to ourselves, to our, our wiser, better selves. Um, we all know about the adversarial voice that says, you can't do this, what are you thinking of, you know, the self-doubt and so on. But this is a different voice. This, this alter ego is there to support us and to ask the right questions to draw out of ourselves our own wisdom. So, for example, if I said, I just can't get motivated, um, my, my alter ego might say something like, and I would write this down. It's, this is what gets us warmed up for writing. I might write down, I, I just can't get motivated today. And then my alter ego writes um, or types, uh, well, when have you not been motivated before and still done something? Uh, when's the last time you were motivated to take out the trash? And I go, oh, yeah, you know, that's right. I wasn't really motivated to do it, but I needed to do it, so I got up and did it. And, the, you know, the alter ego writes, well, do you think you could apply that right now? So, in other words... Dreaming and dialogue helps us to get started when we're stuck and to overcome many hurdles, including perfectionism and self-doubt, on the writer's path. And this can be applied in daily life. Someone who doesn't know what a gift to buy someone for their birthday, they can dream and dialogue. Uh, a painter or anyone else who comes up across uh, difficulties, they just write this. Uh, it, it feels silly to talk to yourself. It really works well when you put it down on paper or type it out on a computer. Uh, I know my daughter Sierra uses it. She writes in italics when she writes uh, the alter ego's part. <laughs> and it can really get us started. It's, it's based on an old technique. You know, if you don't know the answer to something, you ask yourself, well, what if I did know? What might I say? And that can draw out of ourselves what we don't have the full confidence to say and surprise us with the knowledge and wisdom we have inside. These are fantastic tips for each one of us because we all struggle to find motivation or we struggle to get over the hurdle once in a while. And um, the way you're talking, I've, I've, I was I read that exactly in your book. And a lot of times you hear someone, an author talk about their book and you kind of look for it and it's not there. But this is good information that, that, you, you, that you clearly list about how to get through these kind of uh, difficult times in, in your writing path. So, so thanks for sharing that with us and going over it with us. Sure. I know you have to get going, Dan. I just want to wrap, I want to wrap up the show, but I always like to ask this question. You've always answered, I mean, you have already answered your favorite part of the book. This is books are, are uh, this work of art is always personal to each one of us releasing it. But I always like to ask the most challenging part because, uh, because I think that a lot of people think that maybe a, an established author or or anyone that's found success didn't have to put in a lot of work or didn't go through challenges to find their success. So is there anything that, that sticks out to you that was particularly challenging that you were able to get through? Well, I wouldn't say there was one chapter or section necessarily, but the idea of collaborating with one's daughter 
um, who, a very, very uh, capable uh, daughter. She raised me to my A game. There, there's an old saying, he who has a partner has a master. <laughs> because you have to always check in with them, and uh, you can't really do anything unless it's going to fit. So we were striving to get one voice. Not Even though Sierra and I each have our own memoir chapter, you know, we have memoir chapters in each major section telling about some of our challenges so people can relate uh, that we're not set apart from anybody else. We're all in the same boat. Um, so just working with a partner uh, uh, is a humbling experience. It, it makes us reflect and... Uh, and learn to work together and compromise in a way that reflects any collaboration. Uh, and so that, that was a, a creative challenge that brought the best out of us and demanded it. Um, Dan, I, I'm going to let you get going. I know your, your time, we appreciate your time. Like every chance you get to come on the show, that uh, uh, it means a lot to me and, and my listeners. I've been uh, letting people know you've been coming on for a couple of weeks now. I was waiting for 99 shows. <laughs> so, oh, oh, that's very nice to be true. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Okay, thanks, Dan. All the best to you. All right, you too. Exploring mind and body with True Forms, True Tadia would not be possible without the help from the following sponsors. AG Foods in Didsbury, Health Street in the Cornerstone Shopping Center Olds, and Shoppers Drug Mart, working together to help build a healthier tomorrow. For more information on True Form Life, True Tadia, or to find out how you can become a sponsor, visit exploringmindandbody.com. All right, that's all we have for you this evening. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to my producer, Jameson Brown. Every chance you get to download and listen, it means everything to us. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for being fans and being a part of what we're doing. Uh, once again, to Dan and Sierra for coming on the last couple weeks. They're, uh, they're just great people. And Dan actually stuck around after the interview to give me some personal advice as well. So couldn't be more grateful for that. And uh, tune in next week. We have another special guest coming on. And uh, we're working towards... Uh, doing better with guests and interviews so i hope you're enjoying that format as well yeah but that's it i'm out of here as always i'm your host drew tadia in health and fitness for a better world thanks for listening you've been listening to exploring mind and body with true form life's drew tadia fitness expert to find out more about the show drew tadia or to listen to past shows visit exploringmindandbody.com Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia would not be possible without the help of GDK Gravel and Sand. GDK Gravel and Sand, now offering all products in half and one yard bags. Give them a call today for more information. 1-877-335-2091.